One weird thing about getting older now, it's really easy to see how everybody turned out that you grew up with. You used to have to wait for like a high school reunion or something. And it's always strange to me when I see somebody going into the arts who could have given less of a fuck about it when they were, I don't know, even a kid. I read that the average person changes careers 12 times in their life, which seems crazy. And it makes today's guest all the more unique. I think Dominic Durkees knew he wanted to work in comedy since he was like 10 years old. Really, I... He's got video of himself doing stand-up in Memphis clubs while he was a minor. I met him probably 20 years ago when he was in an NYU sketch group where he was performing with DC Pearson and Donald Glover. The three of those guys would be part of Derek Comedy. Maybe the first big comedy presence on YouTube. DC would go on to become a novelist Donald, of course, would become an icon, and Dom continued to be a joke machine, writing for too many TV shows to list. And he continues to be one of the smartest and most underrated performers out there. Anyway, we'll see what he thinks of one of these old-ass movies. It'll be fun hanging out. The epic conclusion to 1971's The Bingo Game. What was up with all the 70s con movies? Yeah, I don't know what the fascination was, but they were also all set. Like, they weren't set in the 70s. It was like like depression cons, I think, that, like, maybe people's, like, grandfathers heard about or saw. Like, you got to watch out for this. And so it was, like passed down and became stories were people just so depressed from like vietnam watergate shit where where they started things like let's look back at the depression the last time we all felt like shit (laughs) probably i also think there's just a lot of people wandering with like kind of bullshit like trying to take your money like a lot of people wandering around with suitcases and with like their like decks of cards and like it doesn't really happen as much anymore, but I think at the time it's like you got to be careful of strangers trying to ask you to. So the bingo game is one of these movies. The Sting is probably the the, the biggest example of a seventies movie set in the past where it's all about the big con. Yeah, and it's all about it's like revenge, and it's all kind of like the con is always yeah. like a stand-in for like there's there's something else we're trying to kind of achieve. Except in the bingo game. Yeah, in the bingo game, it really just seems. It's hard for me to kind of like you watch Paper Moon and you're like yeah. shit god how uh, this this is such a slice of life of California or wherever they shot it in the, in the 30s this you you asked me at one point you're like what year is this supposed to be yeah cuz they don't have the budget to to be fully immersive in in the 30s the wardrobe's pretty close but there's stuff in the background like yeah. you and then there's the one scene like before the and I don't want to jump to the end but there's one scene before the big you know the the bingo game con yeah. where the guy opens up the client and I think there's one of those old IBM like punch card computers in there or something yeah. like he's using that to kind of like game it because Basil Eisner wrote this, right? Yeah, and he's not a comedy guy, which is, no. I think, part of the problem because it's 
supposed to be the light. There are a lot of con movies that are kind of like fun. Yeah. Almost the energy of um, Dukes of Hazard or something, where it's like All the, these the rascals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of a Burt Reynolds, Smokey mm-hmm. and the Bandit. Like, well, they're just good old boys having a good time. Yeah. And they're going for that, but they're not hitting that. And, and Basil Eisner was did some kind of darker shit. He wrote the Gun Justice series. Um, yeah, that's. I, I didn't think know that I, I. I don't. He didn't do Gun Justice one, but he did do two and three. Which are the better ones? Yeah, that's when they really like tro- stop trying to be Dirty Harry and just like fully go into this guy's a of a fucking cop that kills and doesn't ask any questions. Yeah, they just kind of let it go. They don't have to set up anymore. They just kind of go. And this, I feel like this movie wanted to be more whimsical yeah. in terms yeah. of the story, but I don't think Basil's going to give his. you that. Because <laughs> he did a pretty good made-for-TV movie called The Marshal's Widow where uh, a marshal gets killed and then his widow ends up like it being marshal for a while. Oh, right, like per the local constitution <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. If you die, your your wife or husband becomes the marshal. Yeah, they they glaze over that real fast. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I mean, he's great at these kind of gritty lines and these moments. But then there's like some some points in the bingo game where it's clearly supposed to be like a goof or a kind of like funny moment, but it just rings kind of hollow because it's like you know he just doesn't like you say doesn't know how to write a, a joke or anything kind of light. Like I think if you took the score away. I mean, should we talk about how – because the score is doing a lot of the work to try to make it seem to, – to give it whimsy. Yes. It's a lot of piano. It's a lot of kind of tinkering like – It's uh, Jorge Christos did the score and he did oh. – um, he did one other comedy that kind of works, uh, Billy Barrels, and it's about a guy obsessed with going over Niagara Falls and surviving sure. and everybody calls him crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Barrels. Yeah, is, yeah, Billy Barrels is is kind the, of the guy. Yeah, he's yeah, the, the guy going over the barrel. Also set in the past, even mm-hmm. though it was like in the late seventies. And he scored that. He scored that, and it works a little bit more. Where it's like, yeah, this is a goofy, wacky guy. Although there are darker. I mean, these are seventies movies yeah. where it's like he does die going over the falls, and it's like, but it's done in a way where you're like uplift, like he lived his dream yeah. and they don't find the body and maybe he's like, but the barrel's all bashed up and shit. That's what's weird about the bingo game is you do have these like l- l- moments that are trying to be light yeah. and then you have the, and then they're kind of sandwiched between these very dark, like well, the cops in the bingo game are not yeah. like fun. Like the people who are after are kind of the, the con men who are after uh, uh, Chet and Phineas. So the con men are also bad guys like unlike no sympathetic characters thing, really or like they they keep making a point of it in paper moon let's say where you know what these people are pretty nice like let's give them a free bible yeah exactly and in the sting they're robbing a mobster yeah who killed his friend yeah like, it's like a revenge thing yeah. it's like i can't kill him so i'll con him i think is something that they say in the sting of course the flim flam man flim flam man is another one of uh thieves and crooks yeah. Who they're ripping off. This, they don't may bother giving us that justification. They're just going after <laughs> random jokes. I mean, they're just money hunt. They're just like, how can we make this money? And I'm like, these are not likable guys. Yeah. The craziest part about the bingo game is that our old con man, Phineas McCoy, he's got, they don't call it Alzheimer's in the movie. No. But he's he's a mixed up old man. 
he's confused and it's confusing to the audience because you're not sure when he's trying to like move into a con when he yeah. starts talking about, oh, where's my son and all that, you know, and you go like, oh, okay, he's going to. They call it like, oh, you're doing, like, because his partner, I guess we'll talk about their their relationship and how they met. So in the in the 30s, they used to have these areas set up outside of towns where if you agreed to go there and give your, like, weapons and the things, your your valuables, and they would be locked up and held on to, and you would get fed as long as you didn't go into town. Right. So right. so it was like all these guys jump in the trains, they would get off, and they would be stopped by the local authorities and be like, no, 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 no. You're not coming to our town drifting through. Stay here. You have a bed. You have, you have yeah, food. Yeah, it's like kind of a humane yeah. way to keep the riffraff out. But like out. we need all your shit so like nobody's stealing stuff and like nobody's fucking stabbing each other and stuff. So we meet our young hero – Chet Curry, played by none other than a young Sal Hershey. Pretty and young, yeah. You're you're from the South. Yeah, yeah, Memphis. What did you think of Sal Hershey's accent? He's been known to throw on. I don't know what he really sounds like, to be honest with you. I was I looked for interview. Yeah, I looked for like an interview with just him, but he doesn't, he didn't really do many. Like he really just his accent to me read like well, it fluctuated, but it started off in a kind of Colonel Sanders place. <laughs> Like for me, yeah. you know, and then especially when he when he there was that that scene where they're trying to uh, get the guy to uh, it's like early on. They need the car. And mm-hmm. so they're trying to con the guy out of the car. And he he keeps going, I say, I say, we need a vehicle here yeah. now. I say, you know, and I was like, wow, this is crazy. He must be putting this on for the con. But uh, yeah, it's 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 not. No, that's how he talks. the whole. And I'm curious. So. His partner, he'll he'll later meet, and we can walk you through it. His character, Chet, decides to steal from the area where they lock up all the drifters' goods. Yeah. So he's going to take their stuff, and he gets busted, and he's fucked. But then an old man's like, no, he was just looking for me. You Mm -hmm. see, he's my son. And that is none other than Phineas McCoy, played by Wally Powell, who is also doing a similar voice. And it's, see, we were talking about it while we were watching it because they're supposed to have a a, a father-son, like they've known each Surrogate, other in the past, yeah. but like they're not really related. Was one making the choice and the other competing to do it or were they trying to sound like they were cut from the same cloth? I think they were trying to... I, I wish I knew who did it, like, who did it first, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, who showed up to rehearsal, yeah. if they even rehearsed with that. It's, it seemed to me like Sal was comfortable with the accent, and and Wally was not. Like, like the Phineas character, I feel like, it. I don't know. I mean, Sal, that, I mean we've covered some of his yeah. movies before on the Raj tapes. Caller One, which was an erotic thriller that he made in the 90s, the early 90s, where he was too old to be playing the part. Then in the 80s, he did a movie called The Blade of Urax, um, where he was the villain. He's oh, right. pretty good in that. But he's making pretty big swings in all of them. And this is, I was shocked at how handsome he was in the bingo game. He's so, yeah, he's so handsome. Like when he puts on his disguises, like yeah. like with for the cons and stuff, I'm like, why are you doing that? Like you look great. Like you, It's you're- before he got real into Sun. Maybe he hadn't moved in, like... Yeah, full time to Southern California. I don't know. 
He's um, a little paler than I than I'm used to seeing him. I think they shot this in Florida. It doesn't seem like a, a, like a California movie. That would make sense of why they were swinging for the southern. Yeah, like they were like, oh, okay, these are kind of two southern boys. It, it felt like the type of thing where you could feel versions of the script that had been changed and altered, and things had been kind of you know removed. That with a con movie that's so kind of a lot of those are so complicated, it can really. Make it not make sense, you know? They don't even worry about it in the bingo game. No, in the bingo game, they don't even... Like, sometimes they were walking away with the, like, money or the wallet or the... Whatever, and I truly didn't understand what they thought was happening. Or, like, what the A lot of times Mark it just seems like straight up theft and robbery. Yeah, well, and like... Less of, yeah. less of uh, a trick or a scheme. Like when, you, like, when you were just talking about, like, as you said it, I was like, yeah, he's just going to steal all the other drifter shit. Yeah. Like, there's no con. There's no con. Like, he, dre- he does dress up like a guy who's going to sweep up there, yeah. and he goes, hey, I just need to clean up in here, and, you know, and there's everything. There's a little bit of trickery, but it, it, it's more it's theft. It's a heist. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a theft, and I don't know. I feel, like the, I feel like in the world of the bingo game, everyone is very gullible. Yeah. Like, so many people hand them their wallets. And it's as though Phineas is the master con man and chet is a noob yes and chet's kind of show me your ways a little yeah. bit like he's like he's he's chet's got this earnest quality to him mm. that i think phineas is using to help sucker people into the con like like when it's you know when it's like well do am i going to trust this old man and it's like you look at a young sal hershey and yeah. he's sitting there going like it's all right no problem and they here. did not you know. get along uh from what the the research i've done oh is yeah that we we could talk about wally powell a little bit who played phineas he's kind of missed out and been passed over in a lot of parts like it, it, his story is less what he booked and more what he didn't book like kind of when you hear about like eric stoltz with back to the future yeah. or whatever it's like wally was right there for so many yeah and he didn't bounce back it's it's you know some actors like started filming something and they got replaced it's happened to uh what's his name from reservoir dogs um so harvey keitel got cast in apocalypse now and he was shooting in the philippines and was like fuck this i'm out yeah and he got replaced by martin sheen Mm -hmm. so he was in the 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 lead role of that and he said fuck he was like i'm done or like he and coppola like fucking didn't get along then he got cast in uh, eyes wide shut as the the doctor friend of Tom Cruise. Oh, right, I remember. And he got replaced by Sidney Pollock. Sidney Pollock is that? Sidney yeah, Pollock yeah. and and uh, Kubrick had a, a long uh, letter writing relationship. Okay, um, and yeah, so, Sidney Pollock pops up as an actor in a bunch of stuff. I yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, more like he fully gave up on acting um, and went full directing, but he was so good that people were still like, "Hey, can you do this?" Yeah. Did Wally get close? Was he knocking on the door of some of these? Yeah, but like nothing was that great. But still, like he didn't even get the the bigger roles. He was briefly cast as the android in the Great Galactic Battle Line, uh, which was a famous Star Wars knockoff. Well, infamous, I guess. But the makeup got him sick. Oh, shit. So the rumor is the makeup story is bullshit because in a sick twist... He plays someone with Alzheimer's in the bingo game. He later did ha- develop actual dementia. Yeah. No, I mean, and you can tell a little bit. When you watch the bingo game, you can tell that Wally is like, like some of some of the elements you're like, is he, is the character confused? Like, is, is, is Phineas confused or is Wally confused? And Sal Hershey was known to fuck with people on set 
And he yeah. did, I mean, he would play tricks on him from Joseph Gaines, the director, wrote a self published memoir where he does mention some of the things that went wrong on the bingo game. Mainly, it's the trouble between Sal and Wally. Sal would go into Wally's trailer and rearrange all his shit. He would creepy crawl him. And so then Wally would go in there and he would be all confused. Now, according to Joseph Gaines, he was like, Sal was trying to help him get there. Mm -hmm. But for a movie like this, that's bullshit. No, I don't even know what that would help. What like I don't even know how that would help you get in the. I'm trying to think of a scene where that would like help you get into it. You know, like there, there's the one scene, the one scene when they're when they're um outside of the uh, when they're outside of the church, and they're they're talking about like oh no you go in first no you go in first and it just seems like at first I thought like oh this is kind of like a little comedic beat but then i'm like i think they're confused i don't think they're like i think they're arguing about the the actual script the script and the scene yeah he goes i'm not supposed to do that i'm not supposed to go in there right now yeah he goes yeah you are and it's just as like it just it goes on for so long that and i feel like they cut right before like you can see sal turn and it's like he's going to look into the camera and And they they steal from (laughs) they straight up steal from a pastor who makes a point to explain that this is the orphan fund. Yeah. And they, they have this scam where they're, uh, they have diplomas and like government. Like documents. Documents. Right? So like, it's like you need to, you, like, it, it's the era where things were starting to get regulated. And they were taking advantage of that by being like, well, you need to meet the code and you need to pay. Yeah. Uh, he says he's the orphan commissioner. Yeah. Phineas goes in, he says, I'm the orphan commissioner. I'm supposed to collect, you know, the money for for the orphan, like, like you know, give it here. And it, at first they don't believe him. Yeah. But he's got a comical kind of bag of, uh, like, a essentially a disguise kit. Yeah. Well, the bag, it's, yeah, th- let's talk about this bag. Well, because we couldn't <laughs> believe the amount of shit that was in there. Yeah, it's like a knapsack kind of, like, it doesn't read as super big. But then he, the stuff he's pulling out of there, it's like multiple disguise, like, like four outfits a day. Yeah. He's wearing out of this thing, like wigs and glasses. And like you were saying, documents, like so many police badges. They, I mean, in that one scene, I I think isn't, isn't Phineas, Phineas is supposed to, he's like pretending to be the vice president and Sal's pretending, or, you know, uh, Chet's pretending to be like a secret service guy. Yeah. And that's just so they can get a free meal. Yeah. It's just so they they can get a free. So they can get like free breakfast and coffee. It's overkill. Yeah. And I I don't even know. I don't know the history of when like the Secret Service like that, I think was a post Kennedy. (laughs) It was. It's the depression. Yeah. They they had earpieces and it's like before ear radios or any of that. Like it, it didn't make sense. There is an interesting concept in there of a lot of his number schemes they do uh, variations on the, like the paper moon getting somebody confused while like giving you change and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this, he's doing a scam where he's he's trying to guess the weight of cars and like and charging them. They they start a fake car weigh in. Yeah, it's as it's, though they're f- part of the Federal Highway Commission. Yeah, well, this is another disguise. They have like they have like the disguise like traffic cops. They kind of pull a car over to the side. They say that like, how much does your car weigh? The guy says he doesn't know, and they say, well, you bet. Well, well, you got to guess. Mm-hmm. And if you get it wrong, you know you're getting fined a dollar for every pound you're off on the car. And it's so 
baffling. Yeah. Like, like he, the guy makes him explain it like four times. Cause I think they just, I think like on the day they just knew like, this isn't, this doesn't, uh, track. Like it doesn't like make sense with. And so Phineas like really starts to sweat a lot of these. And there's a couple of times where he blows it and Chet's got to cover for him and be like, sorry, he's an old man. He gets confused. And these people show pity on him. Like the yeah. Reverend, like he fucks that, that scam up. And the Reverend is like, it's okay. Here, just take this. I know he's not well. As though he almost knows he's getting conned. And, and then Chet's like, that was brilliant. I, I didn't know. Is this old man thing new? Before he kind of puts together yeah. that this isn't a put on. Yeah, and it's and again a, a successful con that's not a con that's basically just charity. Like you're basically just begging for the this reverend to give you yeah, like a yeah, piece of money. Yeah, you're <laughs> like basically like, panhandling. Please, please, yeah, you're panhandling. They're panhandling with costumes is mostly what's happening in the bingo game. I mean, the big bingo game itself. I'll tell. It is a con. Like that is a that is an actual con. Even though it, yeah, he brings it up as though like there's this big bingo game in this town. And it's run by the Commodore, this yeah. guy, this actor, Bo Ventura. He's pretty good in the role. He's he's sort of the, um, I, I guess, business titan of this town. And they, yeah, he's like seems like he runs factories and store, and everyone works for him in some way. Yeah. And he kind of, yeah, like he's not like the mayor, but he is the no, the, he's he's whatever the, the thirty thirties uh, equivalent of like the the car auto ship dealer who sponsors all the fucking yeah it's like mr potter and it's a wonderful life or something it's just like the whole town runs through him and he um throws this big bingo hall event to raise money for the school and phineas has figured out this way that they're gonna they're gonna scam it they've got a fake wheel that will Give them the balls in the right order. So, so yeah. they they have the old school like big um kind of cage with the yeah, the, the handle. handle on it, and you turn it around, and a ball pops out, and he's constructed a fake one. Yes, but the fake one, like when they go like because there's that that set piece where they like swap it out, yeah. they swap the real one for the fake one. The fake one does not look like the real one. No. It's way bigger, and yeah. it, it's hard. It, it's, it looks. It's, like, it, I don't know if it's props or like or, or they're they're just thinking their audience is really dumb and they need to know like which one's which. I think that's right. Yeah, like yeah, they didn't they didn't they wanted it to read. I think like the new ones in there or something. Chet is out at one point. Like he meets. Darlene, the local beauty in one of the towns that they go through. Also, oh my it's, God. They, they don't go to enough towns. Like no. in a lot of these, you get the sense of movement of like, these are drifters going through. Well, and then, in the, but they will do things like they'll go like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And then they go like two streets over. Yeah. Like they don't ever leave. And the town, because of the budget of this movie, the towns all seem like they got four people. In them. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, we, we, we paused it and found like, yeah a group of six extras that are kind of huddled together talking in like every, in the background of like multiple shots, like that don't make sense. Like the coverage is like, yeah. I feel bad in some ways that they, they had so little money because <laughs> oh, yeah. a couple, he, he, Joseph Gaines would go on to do some interesting work. Uh, you know, five or six years after the bingo game, he did this movie, uh, sleepwalking, sleep killing. And, it's a pretty good thriller horror movie. It's about this woman who can't, she's got insomnia 
and she is like it's ruining her life, her relationship, her work. And she sees a sleep specialist. She goes to this special sleep center. It's very high tech. And they fuck with her and she sleeps great. They give her like some treatment. And so like it's bullshit late 70s science fiction, like lots of laser beams and like lights. Oh, and it's stuff. like a real futuristic yeah, did, kind of She like lays down it's at like the sleep center LASIK and they're sleep. like, yeah, they're yeah. like just we're just a, a few quick sessions here. You'll be okay. Um, but what happens is, in as the, the title of the movie suggests, while she's sleeping, she's going out murdering people. And it's not just her, it's other people. And she figures it out, and then she can't sleep because uh, she's afraid of what she's going to do. And her and uh, her husband, or boyfriend, I can't remember, they finally like figure it out. And the end is so fucking good for a movie of this low quality where you think she's she's toppled this evil fucking organization that is like basically like f- the fucking, people who did yeah. the procedure on her. Yeah, right, they're yeah. like experimenting on people, and mm-hmm. they have fucking uh, horrible. Well, they, did they turn her into the murderer with? The yes, lasers? they're like yeah, experimenting a, yeah. with these lasers, and right. and they're suggesting it's part of the industrial military complex. Right. This is we're training sleepwalking soldiers. Yes, like we're and creating. It's like yeah. like let's try it out. If we can do this to a normal housewife. Mm-hmm. Imagine what we could do to our boys in the field. What a hypothesis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so what they stop these guys and it's like they've they like she like they're able to use her killing power against corporate uh experimentation Make a company that yeah. owns the yeah. And um and and thanks to the news like like they, these people have been experimenting on, on our townsfolk everything's okay and she goes to bed finally and you're like oh that's kind of a nice uh, ending and it goes dark but then it co- lights come back up and it jumps to the next morning and she jumps out of bed and her hands are all bloody she kills her fucking husband and no. then they roll credits. She's all fucked up still. That's fucking yeah. wild, dude. So Joseph Gaines direct he directed that? Yeah, he directed that. See, between him and Basil, I'm like, this is a their resume does not support this they, movie. They, you know what I yes, mean? Like, they, they were, were clearly they, fighting their instincts yes, to make they, this. They were like, we, we we can do whatever we want. Let's do a light right. like two two guys like a surrogate father and son bonding and kind of like a magical um Phineas is supposed to be sort of this magical drifter that's coming in yeah. and he's like changing everybody's life. The father-son dynamic was very shoehorned in. Like it's for, like I didn't even know that that was like you could tell that they were kind of like, you know, and a little on the crime. nose. It was very on the nose. Ch- well, cuz yeah, Chet looks at Phineas right before the big con and goes, "Hey, before we go in there, can you just tell me are you my dad now?" And and Phineas goes, uh, it depends. What year is it? Yeah. You know, and that was he's another a, moment where I'm like, I like, think. Is he out to fucking lunch? Yeah, I think I think Wally was not all there for that moment. And it, it just felt like some, some kind of note that came down. And then of like, we end, need to put a finger on their relationship. I mean, it's like, also but. so confusing with the, the uh, like, is this movie elder abuse? Did they put this guy? You couldn't make it now. I mean, there'd be people on set who would say like, hey, this guy can't work this long of a day. Like, yeah. there's no it's way. Like definitely similar shit to what they were doing with Bruce Willis towards the end where it's like, yeah. is this a lot of people who are just profiting on somebody like just where they're just sending out movies that. The problem with the script is 
he's so confused. And again, to be clear, he's supposed to be confused as the part in a, in a bizarre twist, he is also confused in yeah, real Phineas life. Yeah, Phineas is supposed and, to come across like a bumbling, kind yeah. of confused old man, but he's a little shrewd. The, and the line that? between real life and movie just gets very blurry. But then at the end, when he calls Chet his son... He's so emotional. Yeah, and then like, it's like, it's wait, is is does he mean it as like, you've become like a son? Or is he just confused and really thinks this is his son? He call. I mean... I think he thought it was his son. He was crying in a way that, like, because there's another scene where Phineas cries. He he cries because, uh, you know, he says, like, what have I been spending my life doing? You know, am I wasting my life as a kind of con man mm. type thing? But it's a different type of cry when he thinks that Chet is, when he says, you're my son. Like, he goes, I thought you died in the war. I, yeah. I, I missed, like, I missed you. I missed this time. We have to make this count. And I was like, this is not within the movie. Like, but I think they let it roll because the emotion was so real. Yeah, and I know, you know, Gaines is like super big on like authenticity. Yeah, he was a, I mean, they, there, there is improv in this, which is yeah, like he, he just kind of let him roll. Before we get to the big bingo game finale, on the way there, Chet falls in love. Mm-hmm. He falls in love with this girl in town, Darlene, uh, played by Pamela Lynn. Pamela Lynn would do a series of a, a TV show. It got canceled after like four episodes. They're on YouTube. It's called Cheat Ease. And it was about a, a, a matchmaker who fixes up a bunch of people who have been cheated on. Oh, wow. Okay, so victims of cheating. Yeah. So cheat, I'm sorry, How is it? Cheat Ease? Cheat Ease. Okay, got it. Like not cheaters, cheaters. Yeah, cheat, the people who were cheated yeah. on. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, she was. You can tell she had comedy chop, and like she's the only one who feels like she nails the kind of tone of what this movie should have been. Yeah, but their love story is very. Uh, it's it's it seems it seems a little pasted on. It it they go through it fast. Like it get you you get there pretty quickly. Like he proposes to her right when they meet. I think it's the I think it's the scene that they they're meet. Tr- yeah, they're trying, and you think like, oh, is this, this a new is a con? A con. And I, I think oh, I, I think that it's supposed to be a con, and then he gets swept up in the moment and is like, oh shit, this isn't a con. I'm in love now. Yeah. Phineas fucking hates this because he needs Chet to do the big bingo con, and he so, thinks it's distracting. Yeah, like it's distracting you from what's important. Yeah. So he comes up with, and there's a course like a town brothel. Mm-hmm. And he runs into Darlene, and she's like, "Where's Chess? Uh, Chet, Mister McCoy?" And um, and he's like, "Chet, Chet's out wetting his whistle at the old bordello." And it's so, and she starts crying. But they get again. It's supposed to be a period piece. He gets super explicit with, yeah. Like, well, he does the jerk off motion he, with his hand, like he does. He's like, he's a wetting his whistle and. Maybe even more times than that. I tell you, that young man gets, he is into the whores, you know, and he just. Two, three at a time, (laughs) sometimes four. I was like, dude, the story point has happened. You made it clear, like you're trying to sabotage their relationship. You got the point across. She's already crying. He like follows her. She cries and storms off. I'm like, that's where the scene ends. And it's like. No, while, like he's trying, he's, like, he's doing this like her. bullshit comforting of like, don't blame yourself. He's a young man. He just needs a lot. 
pretty young lady like yourself, plenty of fish in the sea. That's what I always say. You know, I used to be a fisherman. He just always yeah. kind of going. He's on these- talking about like you're not you're not married yet. You know, there's still some time. He's just trying yeah. to get it out of him. This is probably a good thing. Yeah, and that's kind of a it's like a it's a it's a rock bottom moment for uh for Darlene, and then it becomes one for Chet because Chet, Chet shows up because the reason Chet devastated. actually wasn't there yeah. was he was getting flowers yeah and he was getting like a roast goose uh to the like the goose is fucking enormous <laughs> like this roast goose so first off they make a big deal that he pays for the flowers. Because, yeah. like, he's actually buying, he's not scamming or and cheating sees, or stealing. he sees a way to scam it, and he yeah. chooses to pay it because he wants to give her something real. Because in what the beginning, he he's, like, picking flowers and, like, giving yeah. them to the young ladies that they're going to, like, con. Um, and now he's, like, actually going to a florist, and he's he's going straight. I don't know what the story is with this goose. Like, it is... He has to... He he kind of pulls it like he doesn't come in carrying it. He comes back with flowers and he goes, "Hold on one second. He goes out and he has to wheel it in on like a cart. It's so big. Yeah. But he's like, "I'm going to split this with my fiance and and you know, Mr. McCoy, you're welcome to join." And Phineas feels a little bad. Yeah, he starts so she has a big uh she slaps him. Well, sure. Yeah, she's like the goose is not like and he and and Chet doesn't even know about the the prostitute. Thing. Like he doesn't know what the accusation. And is I got to give it to Wally Powell because the goose falls on the ground. He picks it up and like rips off a chunk of it and just starts eating it as they fight. And he's like, like, like I'm gonna watch this. And he, he's eating it like like the way Gollum eats a fish. Like he's like crouched down, like just taking these yeah. like bites of it. Like that made me. It made me think that Wally, the actor, was very hungry. Like it made me think that like he just He's not well and he's eating He's eating the goose and he uh and he looks he says what's good for the goose is good for the Phineas. Yeah. And and again like again, a lot of kind basil, of aphorisms yeah. he has that doesn't quite make sense, but that normally end in his name. But it and the, the Darlene, it's like you are rooting for them. You're rooting for Darlene and Chet because they're both being lied to so much. By Phineas, and there's so many these obstacles in the way of their relationship are so don't need to be there, but you want to see them get and, together. Uh, you know, later it, it tries to make you feel for Phineas is a good guy because he's he has a change of heart and he's like, oh, you know what? I actually fucked up their beautiful relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the most likable thing that Phineas kind of does is say like, okay, because then he works their kind of reconciliation into the bingo con. Yeah. Which makes, which which does make it confusing. I think. I mean, or I think it, well, it also, adds a layer it, to the con that. I, I I don't know about you, but I was expecting him to give them the money as yeah. almost like a wedding present or like start your life together. Instead, he's just like have a great life, and he takes off. Yeah, he le- yeah he takes all he takes all the money <laughs> he takes all basically the town's money he takes the town's money because the whole town plays this bingo game that's the other thing too this this town is insane with the they show everyone like going reaching under their mattress for all their cash yeah. and like you know take emptying all the piggy banks and like everyone is going to put every cent they have into this bingo game because the commodore the commodore is kind of hyping it up a lot. yeah as though this is the event of the year. And they really make a point of, like, I'm glad you brought up the piggy banks because it's like the cute little kids getting their their piggy banks. The family with, like, no money. Yeah. Like, like they're getting their their 
reaching into their mattress, which is on the floor. Well, and that's because there's even that moment where like there's um, in the, kind of earlier in the movie where they're conning that little kid uh, who's on his way to buy ice cream and Chet's like turns to Phineas and it's like, should we really be doing this? He's just a kid. And Phineas goes like, you can only con an honest man. Yeah. And I, and, and I, you, and were, I had to play you were like, you, can you rewind that? Yeah. Cause I, I thought it was always like, you can't, you can't con an honest man. Yeah. Or you can only, you know, you no, you can only one, con a dishonest man or the, something. The idea is like, you need to be like a good person to actually like only good it. people fall for cons. Did you ever, did you ever do like three card Monty or anything? Like, cause you lived in New York, like the, like, cause I, when I moved there, I was shocked it seemed surreal how much three card Monty I would see on a regular basis. I feel like there was a lot less of it when I'm like, when yeah. I moved there in like whatever, 2002, I, I did, there was a bunch of it around Washington square park. There was like three card Monty and the chess, the speed chess guys yeah. who would try to get you to like gamble with them on chess. But the three card Monty guys, I remember it did feel like I was on a set of something. Cause yeah. it's like, you can I'm watching the, the guy thing. do it. He's got the whole pattern. He's got the whole thing. He's like, watch the lady. Here we go. Watch the lady. And then the guy comes up. Like the other guy yeah. kind of comes up Fuck, and he's like, dude, I'll put I'm down like, 20. Yeah. And whatever. Just because <laughs> I stopped and watched three other people come and start just throwing money down and taking money yeah. back. And then I and and I didn't like get caught up in it, but it did make me want to like I try wanted and play. to do it. If I had money, I would have for sure yeah. done it. Because or if they, even one part of me thought I could like actually not that beat that I, game. I didn't think it was a scam. Like I knew it was a scam, but the the thing, especially when you're a kid and you have no money, the the mentality I had was I would love to be the example of winning that this guy uses. Like I would love for yes. him because like so there, oftentimes I didn't think he had a partner. I think they would just randomly dish out wins to make it seem like a winnable thing. So it's like. This guy fucking. It, if you got three guys standing around and one is always a small winner and the other two are always small losers, you still make money. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's a bunch of college kids walking around. Um, I'll I'll let this one college kid win, and then all the other ones will be like, "Shit, he won!" Like, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, and so I was always like, maybe that I could be that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a great. I remember this is like not quite a con, but the. When I was in film school at NYU, we had to make a documentary one semester, and so, and one kid was like, "I'm going to make a documentary about the guys playing chess in Washington Square Park," which is like a very first thought like mm -hmm. thing. And he they play speed chess, they talk, they're they're colorful characters, and he goes over and he like wants to record them, and the guy basically is like, "I'll do it if you buy me like a carton of cigarettes and like a and like booze or something." And the kid's like, "I'm not doing that. No, no, I, this is a real documentary." And the guy's like, "Okay, well, if you try to film a documentary around here, if you try to film, any, I will fuck up your documentary." <laughs> I will fuck it up. I will ruin every, I will just, I will, you know, I won't let you film it unless you buy me a carton of cigarettes. And so he did. The guy bought the carton of cigarettes and he puts, in the documentaries, the guy puts on a show of like, you know, chess is a lot like, blah, 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 blah. and he's just doing his whole yeah, shtick. Man, and I was like, worth he it. sees so many film students come through every year. He's like, knows exactly what, I was like, that's basically a con, the, not a con, but it's definitely a shakedown. The three card money thing, their version of three card money in the bingo game that Phineas tries to do. First of all, there's too many cards. He has, no, he has like, he has like eight it, card Monty. He, like, has, he goes eight card money, follow the queen, follow the three black fives, pay double check, to so check for sixes. I just didn't even. It's so confusing and fucking fit. I mean, there is inherent drama in someone whose head's all fucked up trying to fucking keep all this straight. You, I, I did get caught up. I was like, well, he's going to fuck this up yeah. and they do a lot of close ups, also because it's like a different actor's hands. 
They oh, do a yeah. lot of close-ups of his like face, like getting stressed out, and then good use of the um, the few extras that they do have. Do they get like an insane asylum to release people? Like, did they get these people from a halfway house? It's like Dick Tracy. It's, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's like there's that one guy with the big wart in the middle of his forehead that like. He that he he keeps kind of like he's like pulling his hair out basically trying to see where the like wh- he's trying to like scope out the card. There's the he, one guy yeah. who's like there's one guy who's just on someone else's shoulder like who I think it was probably supposed to be a kid on his shoulders that was like looking over, but it was just two men with one guy on his shoulders and they were gambling. Yeah, I don't know if Basil I, I, was was trying to make a commentary that like, and I I think based on the the general kind of like fascistic tone of like some of his cop stuff where it's like is he saying like either you like you're either weak or you're strong and like if you're if you're gonna get like swallowed up like you gotta fight for yourself and like they should have hung these con men (laughs) yeah that does that does seem like i mean like when you're making a movie where you're saying like you can only con an honest but it's like yeah like the weak are going to get like fleeced and like yeah. thrown in the gutter. And like, you got to keep your wits about you. You got to be strong. Cause gotta- he never worked with Joseph Gaines again. And, and supposedly there was a different end to this movie okay. where they drowned Phineas. That makes sense. Okay. I mean, well not, I mean, the drowning surprised me. I didn't know that they would drown yeah. him, but like the Commodore is built up like a hero. Like the Commodore is like, first of all, the handsomest guy in the movie. Yeah. Like he looks, he looks amazing and pristine and everyone is like, loves him. And it seems like he's like, you know, he is basically the benefactor of the, in, of the entire yeah, town. He's not it's like, like the, he is capitalism. Like he is kind of like the monopoly man basically, yeah. but held up as this great guy. And he's like, not Lonergan from the state. No, no, yeah, right, he's, exactly. He's, he's as far away from that as you can get. He's like Paul Newman in real life. It's he's yeah. like he, he's like he, yeah. he's got like the Newman Foundation. Well, you when you meet him, he delivers a baby. Yeah. When you meet him, he delivers he delivers a baby to these like this couple that lives in a shanty, and then he like presents them with like yeah. stu- like it's and Phineas is like, "There's our mark." Yeah, and and Chet goes, "The baby," and Phineas goes, "Not yet," <laughs> but. But, but I like, like how you're thinking. I like how, where your head's at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, no, I, I was, yeah. It, it, it doesn't make. I mean, the Commodore. The thing I liked about the Commodore is like uh, he loves his money, but he always is like, what I, what, what I hate more than losing money is being embarrassed. Like that's kind of his like big thing is that yeah. he doesn't want to be embarrassed. And like, like when he has a little bit of mustard on his shirt and no one tells him. Yeah, he. That's the only time you see him like get like pissed at that guy and they who's try like his, to what, set his that butler, up. his yeah. servant guy yeah yeah his his valet his valet he, he they they try to set it up as as though that's going to be very satisfying for us of like this guy who hates to be embarrassed is going to get embarrassed but but ultimately like you kind of because uh, he also gives uh, like a monologue about like how he first got embarrassed when like his his dad brought him out to the public the, like the, the town square and told everybody he did he was a bad employee at their store yeah yeah he dressed him down for making the wrong change he said and he said and, I, and that's when i learned the value of a dollar and the value of, of, of counting and, and yeah and dignity and all that yeah and so you're like oh no and like this guy's like how are they gonna con this guy's what you're supposed to be thinking of like this guy who's been 
counting change extra hard since he was fucking 11 years yeah, old. Yeah, he, 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 and he's got a sharp mind, and he, they say he has a photographic memory, the Commodore. Which is not a thing from the 30s, but they give <laughs> no it to him. talked about it like that. Yeah. He has a They're photographic like, memory. <laughs> like, yeah. they would have been like, photographs? Oh, yeah. Oh, right, I know. <laughs> oh, I've heard, I've seen, one day our family will get one of those. Yeah, yeah it didn't really, yeah, another kind of anachronism that just, you know, I, this is chock full of anachronisms. Even the like the steamboat that um, uh, Phineas exits on at the end of the movie looks pretty high tech. The steamboat, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was pretty sure there. Yeah, it it, it that thing ain't running on steam. It wasn't running on steam. No. There was no there was no steam on. I could swear I heard an outboard motor. Like I, I could swear. The, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I doubt it's from that, but I'm sure like they had. Uh, they had. To, they, they probably had like another boat tugging it or something. Yeah, like there was just no. Uh, there was no wake <laughs> being created by it. Basically, what happens is they swap the gates. Yeah, the, the cages, whole town's in they this bingo the hall, basically, yeah. and they have the winning card. Mm-hmm. But they run into a big obstacle because Phineas drops the card in with the other cards. Yes, it's all mixed up. It's, it looks identical. Yeah. And he's know, like, and, and Chet's like, just get the one with the numbers, how we said it. And he's like, right, the numbers. And he has a fucking moment where he can't remember jack shit. And he's panicked and he doesn't know where he is. Yeah. And he just reaches in and grabs one. And so they're rolling out and he's not sure if he, and we don't know because they don't show the numbers. They don't show the card. Yeah. So we don't know. So basically it's like, he's just playing bingo like everybody else yeah. now. <laughs> and, but one of the cards is a for sure winner, which again is right. what you do is how bingo works. You know, and so. people are reaching in with him after he drops his card in and they're like, get away. And they're, they're like being like, like, I want my car. And he's all kind of like uh, um, sheepish, not knowing what's going on. And meanwhile, Chet is the one like he was in charge of swapping the cages. So he has his whole fucking job set up. And also he sees Darlene there and he doesn't want her. Like they they have their. Well, they're still like she's still they still haven't kind of squashed the the brothel thing. And so, uh, of course, Phineas gets the bingo. Phineas does, yes. He picked the right card. Despite- and yeah, that's like the big, he says bingo. And even when he says it, you're not sure he really has it. And like what the con is. Like, well, he also says it in a way he goes, bingo. Like it's just, yeah. it, it sounded like. He, did like did you had- say bingo, sir? <laughs> Why, yes, I did. Yeah. And he just stands the- up and, and and he waves his card. And this is also what's kind of weird about it is this game. The winner of the bingo game kind of wins the whole town's money. Like, yeah, everyone's there's no cut. All of their money in the pot. <laughs> and so even like, I think maybe second, the second bingo gets their money back or something. But it's like, this creates basically the second richest person in town. Yeah. Aside from the Commodore. Yeah, it's a very bizarre system. <laughs> where you would think. It's like made for a cut. Like, if it was, we were watching yeah. it, we're like, this is like. Why would you ever pool all and your money? Wouldn't everyone get extri- immediately suspicious of like the winner of our huge town contest? <laughs> this guy's a new stranger, to town. <laughs> new to town. He's been <laughs> running. He's been run out of a bunch of stores because, like you said, like they don't go to a different town. Like yeah, they all he have- keeps talking at full volume about his son going to a whorehouse. <laughs> and you start and you start watching people in the crowd. They start kind of putting it together. They go, "Wait, wait, that's the guy who." Yeah, that's the guy who, uh, you know, said he was a Navy guy, uh, you know, yesterday and got a free sandwich. And yeah, this is that they all start to kind of notice, like put together who Phineas is. Yeah. 
And this is maybe where the kind of other ending is. Like maybe the the real kind of director's cut hardcore ending is they just take Phineas out back and drown it. Because they talk about the creek a lot. Yeah. And like, well, well, they'll take you down to the creek. And they, they allude to it. They imply that they murdered someone else in the creek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's like where like justice Everyone knows is what done. it means to go yeah. to the creek. It means like you're going to get drowned by I, the and, Commodore. And, for and I think like if you don't know some of the history of the movie, you think maybe it's some sort of like baptismal um, uh, illusion. where yes, they're because it's also very religious they're, they're putting some like religious overtone in mm-hmm. there. Um, but I don't think it's that. No, no, no. It seems it seems pretty clear. Like everyone gets really freaked out. Like it'd be weird if you're like, we're gonna take you to the creep and baptize you, and everyone gets like yeah. wide eyed and like completely scared. And so when Phineas, there's so, elements of like still being mad uh, about like I think not being tough enough on Hitler and World War II yeah. stuff. I mean, that's kind of what I th- like trace a lot of Basil's like, you can't like background. These yes, it's like yeah. uh, like. A, a very harsh criticism of appeasement. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to take action into your own hands. But it, but this, and but this is where it takes because they, they get they all kind of point at Phineas and they're all going like they're you know they're all just like wait a minute hold on that's you know and they they there's like he's got a bunch of attention. This is where Chet kind of bails him out. Yeah, he puts a gun to his own head. <laughs> he puts a gun to his head and it's like I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, if. You don't let him go. And the town, again, is, like, kind of good. And they're like, what are you doing? Don't do that. No, come um, on. Come on. And and Bo Ventura is, like, talks. Like, he he tries to talk him down. Is like, hey, I'm actually, like, a counselor with, with some people. And yeah, the he, Commodore yeah. gets real. Like, he really. Uh... Bo Ventura uh, did a good um, TV, uh, short-lived 60s TV series called The Camo Squad. Okay. And it was, um, it's a cool idea. It's it's a, a group of army guys, and they're in the, the camo unit. And so they're all about, like, hiding infrastructure. And it's, like, a little kind uh-huh. of Mission Impossible-esque where it's, like, except you're not actually seeing any of the action. I think that's the big problem with the show is it's right. almost like a fucking Bob Vila is this like, like where they would like put like big like flats like so if you're looking if you're flying over from a plane yeah. it looks like a small city and not yeah. like a nuclear silo or something? So yes, oh, and okay, they're, they're making fake tanks to make it look like there are tanks. <laughs> the stakes are kind of low, yeah. Yeah. So so we're just supposed to be wild, but the thing is it's like with movie magic it's a little less impressive. Yes, right, right, right. It already kind of looks And it looks a little goofy when they're when they're like putting mm-hmm. bushes and stuff on, on the guys it's it's not um but it's, but you can tell that makes sense though that the that Bo did that because he has a he, he has this kind of speed this like you know when he gets he kind of dials it back and he goes like listen son you don't have to do this yeah you don't have to end your own He's life good. i mean I, like and i can see why they used him in this because it's like a similar problem with the camo squad where they were like thinking it's maybe like almost like a mash workplace comedy mm-hmm. like like or there's just no action yeah um but he's pretty he should have done more just i think weepy dramas after him trying to talk down because don't don't kill your, you know he goes you're you're spe- and and chet and this is where it was hard. he goes you know you're you're a decent young man and darlene yells and she goes oh yeah then why were you in the whorehouse and then phineas pipes up and is like hey I've lied about a lot of stuff, including that. Yeah, he goes, you guys got me. He, he goes, you know, because he, he he says, like, 
he goes like, obviously, the, you know, like the, the jig is up kind of with him. Mm. But he says, I, I've told a lot of lies. He pulls off his mustache that yeah. wasn't, it was real, that like part of it was real. Like he kind of like pulled like, the hair is out. Seemed, like yeah, it, it, it seemed, he goes, ah, it leaves a huge red mark. He goes, ah, shit. Then he, then he pulls his wig off. Yeah. Then he, you realize he's been wearing like old man costume the yeah. entire movie. Yes. He starts saying, and, and it's a little bit of a relief because I was like, is this makeup for real? Like yeah. there, and, and you spend the whole movie kind of convincing they yourself, like, I guess up. I'm just supposed to buy this. Yeah. And, he, and then, and I think. Now, Gaines alludes to it slightly in the book. He doesn't downright confirm it because I think Wally Powell was still alive when he wrote it. But I think that was not in the script. I think he was supposed, they did have the old man makeup that aged him up and he just ripped it he off. He ripped it off because he was, because when he took it off, you saw like he is sweating yeah. bullets. Like, and it, it is like so aggra- It's like a chimpanzee ripping off a shirt that he's being yeah. forced and to And he wear. goes like, this isn't who I am. I'm not Phineas, I'm, but I don't know who I am. And this is when it really feels like, this is again, a, a kind of a gut-wrenching monologue, but it also is like, this guy's having a break. Yeah. This actor, like Wally is like having a, a real moment. But in this kind of confession, he says like, I made up the brothel thing. Mm. And that's when Darlene runs over and kind of like gives, gives Chet the big hug. And now says you like, would think that information from someone so totally unhinged. I'm surprised she even heard it in his yeah. rant. I mean, it's like buried in the middle of his thing. She goes, wait, 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 back up. I the, mean, it's the, a miracle <laughs> that he hit that point. Cause he's like, like having a meltdown and it's like, okay, well he did help Phineas or he did help Chet. Yeah. And so, and so Darlene goes over and gives Chet a big, a big hug and says like, oh my God, I didn't know. And, yeah. and Chet didn't know. And they all turn to looking like, where were we? Oh yeah. We were about to take Phineas out to the Creek and they look and Phineas is, he's waving on the back of a steamboat. He's waving on the back of a steam, the, <laughs> the bingo hall, which makes sense of why the bingo hall is next to the river. They spend so much time <laughs> justifying why the, well, isn't it nice to play a nice game of bingo and look yeah. out a, a, at the at the mighty Mississippi, uh-huh. you know, and all this and 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 so you go like, all right, I guess. And then like now it's like, yeah, he's already on the back of the steamboat. He's waving. He's got all their money. Yeah. And uh, and he says, till next time. And which I think was maybe setting up a sequel that never obviously what, materialized. I, were they but, like like the, what the fuck is the sequel to the, this movie? <laughs> this like it does money now. The Bingo Game Two. It seems or like you bring back Phineas. The the they don't. I assume logically, Chet would go to jail and stuff. They try to act like his embrace. Because they kiss and the town kind of cheers as though Woo! love has like won the day yeah. and them getting robbed is it's fine um, if not for uh, like like they lost their money, but who cares? Like the yeah, love, the, love retro- wins the day. <laughs> yes. Well, because they they have they kiss and then they kind of like push in on that yeah. and then they they pull out and and they finish the kiss and you see like, oh, she's in a wedding gown yeah. now. And, and, in a and the Commodore and, is, do, is, exactly. is doing the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and you go like, I guess all is forgiven. Yeah. I guess. And he kind of like shows them into their, he carries her across the threshold into their new like home. And you go like, I guess this work, like this town, I guess doesn't need money or it didn't really. But yeah, I guess love wins the day. I didn't think about that. That's kind of the like 
the message. Yeah, I think they, they Gaines just slapped a happy ending on. They and, must have and just they, been like, they just, slapped a happy ending on. They changed the score to try to make it seem like a light comedy. Um, and as a result, we get the bingo game. A real honest to God classic. And that's this week's show. Big thank you to Dominic Durkies for being on. Of course, if you made it this far, you must be a hardcore cinephile. And if you know any other movie-obsessed freaks, please pass along the show to them. The Raj Tapes, of course, is edited by Brian Holmes, and his theme song is by Brett Morris. Till next time, we will see you on the road.